go ahead and stand to your feet. And while you're standing, we can go ahead and turn to James' gospel, the epistle of James, uh, chapter number five. James number, chapter number five. We're going to start reading in verses 14 through 18. Uh, when you arrive there, say amen. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer. Father, as we dig into your word today, God, I pray that there will be something deposited into your people that will cause us, Lord God, to treasure, to uh, know and to understand the importance of prayer. Father, we confess right now, Lord, that we need help in this area as a church, as the people of God. God, we need help because, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. And so, God, I pray today that there will be some insight, some revelation that will come as a result because your people need your help. We need to hear from you and we want to know how to be able to access the things of the kingdom and get results. And so, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have today. And as I always pray, I say again, empower me by your Holy Spirit. I'm your servant. Use me for your glory. Feel me right now so that, Lord, the words that come from my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable and inspired of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Uh, you can be seated in our God's presence. We are continuing our series. If I can have the ushers to bring me a, a bottle of water, I appreciate it. Uh, we are in a series of uh, messages entitled Get Fit. And so we're going to be continuing that series. And today we're going to talk about uh, being fit prayerfully. Now, uh, in October, we're going to be talking a little bit more about prayer as we enter into our prayer season, but we're going to kind of touch on it today. We're going to talk about prayer, and I really hope and pray, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, that you uh, really ask God to open your hearts, um, because I believe that probably, without a shadow of a doubt, the most powerful a weapon, instrument that we have as Christians is prayer. I think that most Christians, if you go and ask them how important prayer is, without a shadow of a doubt, every one of you say, prayer is really, really important. Yet, at the same token, 
if you ask a believer, how was your prayer life, normally goes something like, I can do better. <laughs> you know, it's somewhat of a struggle for me, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and I need to improve in that area. We talk about prayer. I think that there has been some strongholds that probably have been laid down uh, into our thinking. Now, most people think of prayer, they think of, you know, you got to do it a particular way. You got to kneel a certain way. You got to do it a certain place. And everything has to be just perfectly right. And the reality of it is, is that it doesn't necessarily has to be that way. In fact, probably one of my most effective way of praying is that I like to take walks and I pray. Uh, you know, I like to take walks down pathways and I get along with God and I pray and you know, I pray on my, I do pray on my knees, but I really enjoy a nice, brisk walk in the presence of the Lord, and, uh, and that's my way. Your way may be a little different than that, but the reality is, is that I want to underscore the importance of prayer for the church. Prayer is our primary way of seeing God move in the lives of people. Many of us, we know people that are, for an example, unsaved. I mean, no, you can't save them in and of yourself. You know people who are struggling with addiction. And we see people that are struggling with various kinds of issues. And the best way, hear me, the best way that you're going to help people as a Christian is to cry out to God. The best way. I've, I've learned that time and time again. Prayer should not be the last resort. It should be the very first thing that we do. And how many know that prayer is not something that we simply do in a particular moment of time? But prayer is something that, that we are doing on a consistent basis all throughout the day. For an example, if you pray in the morning, I hope you do, that when you get up from your knees or you come in from your walk, your prayer has not stopped there. We want to be in a spirit of prayer all the time. The reality of it is, as you think about it, the demons that we're facing today, if you don't pray, I don't know how anybody can make it. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need God's power to be able to access and deal with the forces of darkness that's going to come against us. And, and, and listen to me, and, and let me hasten to say this, and I'm, you know, I'm all about Bible Knowing your Bible, I'm all about knowing theology. I believe that theology is critical. I believe that theology is vital. And I believe that you need to know your book inside out. Amen. We teach that here. You all know that. But you know what is equally as important is that you have a very strong prayer life. When you have a weak prayer life, then you lack the ability to apply accurately what you might know. There is something about when you pray to God. There's something about when you're in constant communication with God, where you're in constant uh, uh, seeking his face and, and bringing what you know before him or even praying the word of God. Things happen. Things happen. So every Christian, hear me. I believe that a lack of prayer demonstrates, watch this, a lack of faith. If I said, I'll give you an example. If I said that, or if God said that, if you come in and you pray and you seek my face, uh, 
you know, on Wednesdays, 6 o'clock to 7, now on the other side of that, I'll give you a million dollars. How many know Wednesdays, they be knocking down the door trying to get up in here? Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you get, got guaranteed, you get a million, come here and pray. Oh, but I'm coming. You will move your schedule. <laughs> you will leave that chicken in the oven. <laughs> if you got car problems, you're going to walk. You're going to catch the cab. You're going to do something because you believe that on the other side of that, something awaits you. How many know that that's the way we should look at prayer? On the other side of prayer, there's something that's going to happen. We got to believe that. We got to take prayer so serious that it's something that every opportunity that we get, that it's not something that is looked at as an option. Because let me tell you that in most cases, you will never feel like praying, particularly if you don't have a regular prayer life. <laughs> you're not going to just feel like, oh, I just feel like praying. Unless you're talking to God on a consistent, regular basis. If your prayer life is, I pray today, and then tomorrow, I take a couple days off. How many know it's going to be really hard for you to develop a very, very strong prayer life? You remember the passage of Scripture, and Jesus said this, he told the disciples right before he was taken up and he was arrested, Jesus said that he said to Peter and all the disciples, you need to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Okay? Watch and pray. Some of us struggle in our walk with God. Watch me. Not necessarily because we don't know what the word says. It's simply because we don't have a very strong prayer life. You're trying to figure out why am I up and down with God. Jesus, watch and pray that you enter not in the temptation. Because how do you know it's coming to you? The struggles of life, life will not pass you by. It's coming your way. And how do you know that we have an enemy, Satan, who is coming to do whatever he can to keep you off of your knees? You must discipline. Everybody say discipline. You must discipline yourself to pray. You must make it a top priority. So today, I'm going to talk about three points, and then I'll get out of your way. The first point, we're going to talk about what is prayer, and for that matter, what is not. We're going to talk about the purpose of prayer, our second point. And then we'll deal with how should we pray. So we're going to talk about what is prayer. We're going to talk about what is the purpose of prayer and how we should pray. So let's deal with point number one. What is prayer? And there's a lot of sometimes it's amazing when you talk to people, you ask them the question what prayer is, you can get a whole lot of different answers. But I want to start by saying that prayer is not some magical formula. You remember back in the day, they used to have a, a gospel message that was preached, uh, that was uh, kind of a name it, claim it. Y'all remember that? Back in the 90s? Anybody remember that? A kind of name it, claim it, just kind of walk around, just claim that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. That's mine, I believe that's my house, that's my car. You know, that's mine, that's mine. You know, no relational context with God. 
That's, I just name it and I claim it. And that was a phenomenon in the church. And so you have people come to church every day. They just dry down and roast it. That's mine right there. That's mine right there. And that was the totality of their prayer life. And then there are some who say that you have to have the right formula, right? I mean, you got to know what to say, right? You got to say, thank you. You got to say the right formula. You got to make sure to use the right verbiage. And you got to make sure if you, if you say these words, hear me. Hear me. Are you listening? Say amen. amen. People come up with, well, if you, you get them on Facebook every now and then. You get them in, in, in social media. People say, oh, man, just, just say these words and bam, stuff is just going to happen. And the problem that I have with that way of thinking is where is the relational context? Prayer is not some formula. It's not something that we do just that, that, that you can just, just do this. You're one plus one equal two, and it's going to be that. You, listen to me. If you have no relationship with God and your life is jacked up with God, you can pray what you want. <laughs> you can pray what you want. It's about relationship. I never saw Jesus pray that way. It was about, it's about relationship. So, so it's not some formula. It's not some magical thing. And it's not something that we do to impress man. In fact, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says this. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners of the streets that they may be seen by who? Men. And surely I say to you, they have their reward. In other words, that's about as far as their prayer is going to go. Be notice of men. Prayer is not something that we do to try to impress people. You ever, you ever heard people try to give a teaching while they're praying? I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, when you should be, you know, prayer is communication with God, right? But some folk want to use prayer to tell some folk off. Well, Lord God, help these people. They don't know God. God, God, you need to help them. God, get them right, God. And then they, you know, prayer is not that. Let me tell you, that is flesh galore. It is flesh. You, you, we do not use prayer as a cover to tell somebody off or to send the message. When we pray, we talk to God. If I got a message for you, pull them over in the corner. Hey, let's talk. But when I'm talking to God, I'm talking to God, and that's the way it is. Are you hearing me? So prayer is not... Designed to try to impress people. It's not what prayer is. In fact, John Bunyan said this. He was a great Puritan preacher in the 1600s. Don't ask me how I got there, but, you know, I do some research. And uh, I don't like what he said. He said, prayer is sincere. All right? Sensible. Everybody say sensible. It involves thinking. <laughs> it involves your emotions, your passions, who you are. It's affectionate. It's pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ and the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things as God has promised or according to his word for the good of the church with submission in faith to the will of God. That's a mouthful, but boy, that's some packed stuff right there. John Piper put it this way. John Piper said that 
Prayer is intentionally conveying a message to God. Prayer is not this kind of thing, oh, 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 God, just, oh, God, you know, help me, Lord, you know. Prayer is more of a, an intentional, everybody say intentional. We're intentionally conveying a message to God. Think about it for a moment. It's intentional. It's, I, I intend to talk to the Father. Prayer is also, it's not just talking, but you know what else prayer involves? Listening. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me today. Lord, bless my family. Watch over my church. Watch over my people. God, thank you. In the name, amen. I'm not knocking that. But you know, God might want to talk to you. Amen. He, he might, he, he just might want you to sit with him for a little while. He might, you know, you remember the story of Martha and Mary, and that's why Jesus, Jesus said, leave Mary, leave Mary alone. She found the good part. She just wanted to sit with me and listen. Leave Mary. Leave her alone. Martha, girl, sit down. You're troubled about too much. This is a moment. Don't miss the moment. How many know God wants to speak to us? God talks to his, I mean, how many know that he's a God of the living and not the dead? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob, which means he would say, I'm the God of the living. How many know that God is alive, and how many know live things talk? <laughs> he is alive, amen? I like what Habakkuk, I know y'all know that book, you go there every day, don't you? Habakkuk 2.1, it says, I will stand by my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Good God Almighty. And what I will answer when I am corrected. How many know God will correct you? God will go against your grill. God will step all up in your business and God will rearrange all of your plans. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Prayer is our attempt to communicate with God through worship. You not know that when we worship, it's not about, hear me, church, listen, say amen. If the church is listening, say amen. If the church is listening, say amen. Amen. You know, when we worship God, when we talk, when we're singing the word, do you not know that we're communicating with the God of the universe? We're communicating something. We are talking to God. Worship, confession, supplication, and yes, petition. We petition our God. For our needs. But you know that our number one reason for prayer is to develop intimacy with God. Intimacy. Everybody say intimacy. Do you not know that God loves you? He went through a lot to bring you here. And I say, I'm not just talking about this building. I'm talking about where you are in life. God went through a lot to pull us out of the wretched life that we were in, the place of debauchery, the place of hopelessness. 
I was there. I'm not ashamed to say I was there. And when I got delivered, boy, I knew I got delivered. Nobody had to tell me anything. Love personified. Intimacy. See, if you look at prayer as some people, their prayer life is just confined to this. God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You ever thought about just saying, God, I, I just love you. Um, God, I worship you. God, I just thank you for being good. God, I thank you that the sun is shining today. God, I don't want none. I just, I, just want to, I just want to tell you how much I worship you, how much I love you. God, I just want to thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Not just God, give me, give me, give me, give me. But something inside of us should say, God, I just want to worship you because of who you are. God, if he gave me nothing else, I'm good. I got you. I'm good. God said to Abraham, I am your great and exceeding reward. How many know we got a great reward in Christ? He is our great and exceeding reward. Point number two, why should we pray? Why? Why should I pray? Pastor, I seem to be making it okay. I seem to be doing okay with a little Bible knowledge. Why, pastor, should I pray? Well, let's start here. It works. <laughs> how, many, how many believe prayer works? Do you really believe that it works? Don't answer me too quick. <laughs> Do you really, really, really believe that prayer works? The Bible says faith without works is dead. Do you really believe that what do you do in your life to demonstrate that you believe that prayer works? I like James. Turn to James chapter 5. We were just there, but you should already be there. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Oh, gosh. The effective, fervent, everybody say fervent. fervent. Prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I did some research on that word fervent. That word means, hear me, very hot. <laughs> Intense. Glowing, energy, enthusiasm, very strong, tremendous effort. Did y'all get all that? That's what the word fervent means. Just that one little word, fervent, I'll give it to you again. It means hot. How many know when something is hot, it makes you move? When something is hot, it gets your attention. Am I right about it? It's intense. How many know that? We all know what intense mean, don't we? 
When something is intense, we all know it. It's glowing. It has a lot of energy. It's something about, he says, this kind of prayer. He said, the prayer that is hot, the prayer that is intense, the prayer that is glowing, the prayer that has great energy, the prayer that is very strong, the prayer that that has tremendous effort. He says, this kind of prayer avails much. Not just the kind of, Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I hope you help me today, Lord Jesus. But the kind of prayer that says, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, I believe your word and I decree and I declare that your word is true. I thank you, God, that you said that you will provide for me. You're Jehovah Rapha. God, I thank you that you are more than enough. I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I thank you, God. You see the difference. Hot, fervent. God, don't dwell in no dead prayer meetings. I mean, when you're talking to a great God and you're expecting him to move mountains for you, something got to move, baby. You can't just sit there and just move this way. No, sometimes you got to stand up and walk the floor. Sometimes you got to cry a little bit. Sometimes you got to, the Bible said that Jesus, was, when he was praying, that he was, a sweat was falling off of him like blood. I mean, he was crying out, and there was passion in his prayer. He says, this is the kind of prayer, this is the kind of prayer that gets God's attention right there. God hears that kind of prayer because there's a people that's enthusiastic. How many know enthusiasm sends a message? God, I believe you. God, I believe you. God, there's energy. There's passion. There's something that's going to happen. It avails much. I believe that 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 kind of prayer will help you. Not because Pastor Gary said it. Because he says, I like how he, 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 he phrased that. He says the effectual fervent prayer, like he wanted to send the message, fervent. Not some tired prayer, not some prayer that hadn't been thought about, not, not some prayer where we just kind of just cavalier, but I mean a prayer that is fervent, hot, involved, engaged. This was the way, how many know when Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain for three years? I believe Elijah cried out to God. <laughs> I believe he cried out to God. The Bible says he prayed it didn't rain, and it didn't rain. Then Elijah prayed it rained. Then it rained. Amen. And the Bible says that Elijah was a man that's just like us. He had the same struggles that we got. The same kinds of issues that we're dealing with Elijah dealt with. And he said, Elijah prayed fervently and God responded. You know, every time I go to Winston I prayer, that's what I think. I'm a, I walk in the place already hot. Let me tell you, let me, let, me, let me give you an example. You see, you know, when you come to church, you ought, you ought to be hot. <laughs> I ain't talking about being mad. Y'all, y'all do that well. I ain't talking about that. You got too much of that hot. That ain't hot. That's out of control. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about hot to the point that we have already Listen to me, that you, before you, you've hit your foot on the ground, you should be, you know why sometimes that the, our worship, can we talk? Can we be honest? Amen. Can we have a conversation? Okay, let's have a conversation. You know why sometimes our worship is not as fervent as it should be? 
because there ain't a lot of worship at home. There ain't a lot of worship during the course of the week. And so you're trying to squeeze something out of something that ain't been there. And then we got to try to manufacture. Okay, I'm getting, that's, that's when I started losing a couple people. But see, we want to be, listen to me, how many of you know God is not mocked? Whatsoever man, what? Sows, that shall he reap. If you got no worship life, you can't fake it on Sunday. You can't fake it. Forget about it. We can scream, shout. Well, I don't like the song. Well, they, fuck, look, it ain't got nothing to do with that. Let's talk. Amen. Unless we're singing something to Satan, if we're praising Jesus, you always give him glory. Amen. When it rains, when it shines, in the good, in the bad, when it's up, when it's down. God, I give you praise. See, when you get up in the morning and you're very hot, you walk up in the door, you are all ready on fire. Listen, try this for a change. On Sunday morning, I'm just saying Sunday morning, but why don't you get up out of the bed a little bit earlier? Which means you got to go to bed. See, if you're going to give God your best, you can't go to bed late and all tired. Come on, how many know that God knows where we are? Can, I, can we talk? Again, can we talk? I got to ask you permission. Can we talk? How many know? If, if we can't, you don't, stay up to, you don't stay up to five in the morning to go to work. But when we come to worship God, we will stay up late, late to come in. The, oh, oh, hurry up, I'm tired. And wonder why we ain't getting no breakthrough. We're going to give God that and expect the God of glory. God said, I, 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 I almost want to go to the I'm not going to. Read Malachi. He says, why did you come to me with that? He said, I'm a great God. I'm a great king. He said, don't come to my presence like that. You give me your best. How many know that you want to be, you need, we need to be well prepared for the king? And it starts before you get here on Sunday morning. Okay, I'm going to get off of that because I don't want to lose nobody forever. All right. Why should we pray? It works. Okay. Secondly, Jesus said my house would be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Listen to that. Mark 11, verse 15 through 17. You can just write it down because I got to run because I don't have much time. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. When he would not allow any to carry out Wears through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. Now, there was clear evidence. Not only was there evidence, significant evidence, that the priest was benefiting financially from the vendors, but also there was dishonest business practices. And so you had all these people that would just run to the, to the place that's supposed to be a place of worship, a place of prayer, and they're just coming to get money. How many know that the church should not be known as a place where we just come to get money? Should me not be, the church should be known as a house of prayer where the people can come and seek the face of God. It's not, it's not to say that we can't charge or anything or anything like that, but that should not characterize 
the church. Jesus got so mad that he turned over the tables. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Jesus expects, hear me, that the church gathers together to pray. He expects it. Every church I've ever been into, and I've only been in like three or four in my lifetime because I don't church hop. I, I'm committed. But every church I've been to, my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you, when they have prayer, I'm there. Because I'm not stupid. <laughs> no, me. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. Me. I know that prayer is vital to the things of God, and Jesus expects his people to pray. When we pray, we are sending a message not only to the folks out there, but to heaven. God, we need you. God, no matter what we do, God, no matter how much we prepare, if you don't breathe on this, nothing will happen. Ah! Amen. You hear it? He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. He expects it. And yet the people of God treat prayer as an option. If you do that, then you know you're not taught that here. And so when you get before the Lord, the Lord said, why didn't you go to the prayer meeting at 6 o'clock? Then that's, you make sure you got a good answer. <laughs> how does work, how does that work for you? Like April said, how does that work for you? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Another reason why we should pray is because God commands us. How many know God commands us? Bible says pray, 1 first, first Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. It's number one. Secondly, Luke 18.1, Jesus said this. He spoke a parable to them, watch this, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Boy, that's a powerful verse. Because here's the reality, is that there are times when we're tempted to lose heart in prayer, mainly because the answers don't come quick enough, all right? We don't get a quick enough response, and if we live in a Burger King generation, is it having my way? Is that Burger King or McDonald's? Which one? Have it your way? We live in a microwave society. Am I right about it? If we don't get it quick, fast, in a hurry, we mad, we upset, we don't want none of it. We want it now. Everybody say now. The devil had gotten so many people in trouble because they got to have it now. Right? That's right. Right now. Pray without, he says, that the men are always to pray and not quit. Jesus said, look, no matter what it looks like, pray all the time. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop praying just because it seems like God ain't hearing you. How many know God hears the prayers of the righteous? And you better believe that on the other side of your prayer, something's going to happen. Do you believe that when you pray? What should come into your mind is, I'm going to talk to God because I believe that God is going to move on my behalf. Boy, that's what the way, every time we pray, that's the way we should look at that thing. I know something's going to happen. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm losing steam here. I'm going to jump on to point three. I have some more, but I got I to gotta move on. How should we pray? So we talked about, what was the first point we talked about? What is prayer? We talked about why we should pray, because it works, because we're commanded to pray. And then thirdly, how we should pray. Oh, this is a big one. How we should pray. Number one, 
We need to pray according to his will. <laughs> Jesus said this in John 6, 38. I hear this. He said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Okay. Now, Jesus is talking. You hear what he said? Jesus himself, who is God in flesh, who's 100% God, yet 100% man. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. What Jesus said was this. Jesus said, I've come not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Can I say something to you right now? That until you come, this is the foundation of prayer. The foundation, the basis of prayer is that, God, I want to do your will. Let me say to you that sometimes God's will for your life may not jive with what you want. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, I can give you a nice sermon to tell you <laughs> otherwise. But I'm telling you that God got a habit of imposing things on people that may not be comfortable. That's Bible. Oh, pastor, I don't like that. <laughs> But, you know, but whatever God imposed on you, he gives you the grace to overcome. And also, whatever he imposed upon you, it is for your good. How many of you believe that? Amen. That God works all things together for your good. How many know God knows what's best for you? Amen. John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was consumed with this. He said, I just want to do the father's will. How many know that when you know you're operating in the will of God, you got boldness, you got confidence, you are strong because you know that you got all of heaven behind you. And if I got God, if God be for me, who can be against me? I can take over the world. I can leap over a wall. It doesn't matter because I know that I'm doing the will of God. How many know that we should be glad to do the will of God? How did Jesus determine the will of God? Well, obviously, Jesus was the word. And Jesus knew the word. And Jesus always affirmed the written word of God. Jesus also spent great amounts of time praying to the Father. You know, the Bible says that Jesus would get up early in the morning before it was day. Y'all hearing this? He didn't get up early in the morning so he can go work out at the gym. He didn't get up early in the morning just so he can go get some breakfast and get his Wheaties. The breakfast of champions. He got up early in the morning for one reason. I, I need to talk to God. How many know that you want more power, more God in your life? Strengthen your prayer life. Pray more. Pray harder. Pray harder. You want more God's power? You want God to use you more? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. He says this now, watch this, 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15. He says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears. There you go, right there, guaranteed prayer answer right there. Right there, you hear that? He says, if you ask anything according to my will, God hears it. So watch this, that's why it is important that every Christian should be consumed with determining what is the will of God. Because if I can understand the will of God, oh, this is deep. Y'all catch this. If I can understand the will of God 
and what he wants, I know how to pray and I'm going to have, I'm going to be effective because I'm praying the will of God. And God pays attention to his will, not yours. Well, pastor, well, pastor, wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor, what about those verses? You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Pastor, what about that verse that, 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 that says you can ask whatever you want and it'll be done to you? Boy, I love how people skip certain parts of verses. Boy, it's amazing, boy. It's amazing how we can just get amnesia on some scripture verses. And, and, and we, we zone in on what we like. We like, we like picky eaters. You ever got a, anyone you know what a, got a picky eater, a child? Just pick. The church is, church is like that sometimes. The church, we like picky eaters. We don't like that. Yeah, right there. Give me all the good stuff. That's good. Jesus says, is this not the cup my father gave me? I'm going to drink it. Oh, boy, I'm going too deep for some of y'all. Come up, come up, breathe. Oh, breathe. Oh, breathe. <laughs> John 15, 7 says this. If you abide in me, oh, here we go. And my words... Watch this, abide in you, then and only then you can ask what you desire and it will be done for you. See, abide has to do with remaining, accepting, obeying. When I I abide, I receive it, I obey it, I embrace it. Now, how many know when we, obey, we walk with God, we embrace God, we, have a, we talk to him on a regular basis? How many know that after a while, if you st- keep talking with God and you remain in him, you abide in him, you're going to get his mind. See, many, see, it's hard to understand what to pray for if we don't know the mind of God. Some people don't know the basis of how God operates. That's why they come up with crazy prayers. I mean, it's crazy stuff. Well, well, the Holy Spirit, well, you know, you ever been? A, <laughs> well, well, you know what? You know what? The lady gave me back too much change. And you drive off knowing the lady gave you too much change. And then you blame, say, God bless you with that. I'm just saying. God is a God of integrity. You, that ain't no blessing. You better go back and say, I'm sorry, you gave me too much. How I many you know that's going to be a witness right there? God, then God will, they'll probably give it to you anyway because they'll be like, you came back. That's rare. Oh, I, see, I, I'm taking again. I need to keep going. Okay. So ask, So my word about it, that's what it means. My word about it, you got, I got relationship. I know you. My wife knows, for an example, don't bring me oysters. Well, why does she know that? Because she got relationship with me. She knows me. I don't like nothing slimy going down my throat. I don't like nothing snaily going down. Don't bring me no oysters. If I come to your house, don't cook me no oysters. Don't like oysters. But if you say, if my wife said, hey, I got some sausage and some rice and some peppers and some onions was my favorite dish. I'm I'm all over that. You know why she gave me that? Because she know me. She knows me. She spent time with me. She got relationship with me. She knows what I like. She knows what I don't like. How can you be effective in your prayer life? You have no idea the mind of God. See, abiding helps us to get the, okay, I got to keep going. The mind of God. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's the same principle. It's about relationship. Delight yourself in the Lord. How many know when you delight something, you have extreme satisfaction for it? 
You love it. And when you love it, it becomes you. Amen. And when it becomes you, when you pray, you automatically, you just going to pray the will of God because you would never ask God something that you know is outside of his will. Are you hearing me? Okay, good. Y'all got that. Last point. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to, I know y'all, we're going to pass communion just for the day because I got to finish this. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to pass it just for the day. We're going we're gonna to do it next Sunday. Is it okay? Uh, lastly, Oh, yeah, we still, this is still the third point. So we got to pray believing. I said that. How we should pray? Pray believing. Write down Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I don't have a lot of time to go there. And then watch this. How should we pray? We should pray daily. You know, Colossians 4, 2, write this verse down. The Bible says, continue earnestly in prayer. Or in other words, be devoted. Everybody say devoted. devoted. Be devoted to prayer. Don't let prayer be something that you approach cavalier. Be devoted to it. Um, then four, this is the fourth point under the third point. This is number four, the fourth point under the third point. In Acts 12, 5, we got the verse, Peter was therefore kept in prison. We need to pray corporately. That's, number, that's that fourth point under number three. We need to pray corporately. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to him, to God, for him by the church. How many know that it's something amazing about the people of God praying together? So watch this. So Peter gets locked up. You know what Peter got locked up for? Preaching. He didn't get locked up because he robbed the liquor store. He didn't, he didn't get locked up because he was out there uh, not paying his taxes. He got locked up because he was preaching the gospel. So, you know, when Peter got locked up, you know what the church did? You know, you know them by the, well, y'all just go home and pray. No, no, they all came together. The Bible said they came together and the church prayed. Prayer was made constant. Everybody say constant. Prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And you know, you know what God did? God sent an angel to the jail and let the boy go. I believe that if the church come together on a regular basis and pray out to God and cry out to God, I believe God will do miracles. It's something about when your faith joined with my faith. How many of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? It's one thing to pray by yourself, which you should pray by yourself. You hear me? But it's another thing, when you come along with other like-minded believers, the Bible said where two or three are gathered, he said, there I am. There's something about when the church come together, that unity thing, when we pray together, when we, when we cry out to God as one voice, your faith joins with my faith, it produces more energy, more power, and let me tell you something, it'll shake the forces of heaven. When the church come together, the people of God come up. Jesus, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles that if my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll come and heal their land. You want Stafford County for God? You want, you want, to, re, you want to see more people in the church? You want to see the church exalts, exalted in our community? You want to see more life? Pray more. Work hard. Prepare well. But don't underestimate the power of prayer. Prayer, no prayer, it's not going to, let me, listen to me. Prayer 
talk to anybody who ever did anything great for God. I mean, really great. You really talk to them. They got us. They, they pray a lot. They pray a lot. They pray a lot. In conclusion, how many you want more of God in your life? I mean, really. Here's, here's what the Holy Spirit is saying. The Holy Spirit is saying, make time and pray to me. Pray. Seek my face. Study your Bible. Read. Do all those things. Bible study. Do all that. But make sure. Don't just throw prayer over there like it's just something. No, prayer is the thing. It is how we access God. It is how we communicate with our God. An incomplete Christian is a Christian that just got Bible knowledge but no prayer life. You don't want just Bible knowledge. You want relationship. It has to come together. So if you got Bible knowledge, and the Bible says that knowledge sometimes will puff up. You know, the more you know, you ever seen somebody that's really educated? That they like to drop a whole bunch of words on you and press you? <laughs> because something about knowledge makes you think you're really important. I could, I could talk to you. I could throw some words out at you, boy. But the power is in knowledge plus prayer equals application and power. That's how we're going to change our community. So a church ain't serious. Let me tell you something. Can I talk to you from a, um, a parenthetical perspective? We must understand that we as a people, as a church, we got to get serious about prayer. I mean, serious. I mean, it can't be like, it can't be this thing of, of you know what, I just, I just, you know what, you know, I, I just, you know, I go to prayer, but I, you know, you're never going to feel like it. But let me, let me say something to you. God does some of his best work. Jesus says, hear me, you look at Jesus' life, the manifestation, the power, the things that he was able to do, he was constantly talking to God, constantly. It wasn't flippant. It wasn't, it was Paul. Paul, every time you read the epistles, all he talked about was prayer. I mean, the Bible talks about in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about any, anything, but pray about everything. That's my summary. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Let your supplication be made known unto God and the peace of God. You follow me? Some of us are not in peace. We are worried because we don't pray enough. We worry instead of praying. I said before, we can't do both. Something got to occupy your space. Let's get serious about praying. If you never, listen to me, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to be real. If you never come to Wednesday Bible, a Wednesday prayer and Okay, maybe so I can't come there every, every Wednesday. Okay, I want to challenge you. Mark on your calendar and say, maybe like the third Wednesday of every month, I come to pray. In other words, I'm trying to get, start someplace. Well, I don't agree, but I don't like this. Well, you know what? Figure out a way. Come to, figure out a way to agree. Talk to people. Share. Communicate. But whatever you do, pray. Fathers, mothers. In your home, you got wayward kids, your kids ain't knocking right. Here's the best thing you can do. Pray for them. Pray. You ain't going to fix I, I Listen, me here. Don't get me talking up here. Pray. 
You want to see a change? You got somebody who ain't saved? Just keep praying. Well, Pastor, I've been praying for five years. Keep praying. You got somebody that's wayward? Somebody that's... Pray. Read your Bible. You keep talking to God. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Keep bringing that thing before God every day. Well, I'm tired. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. How many of you ever did something you didn't feel like doing? How many of you ever went to the gym and worked out and you hated it? But you do it anyway because you know that on the other side of it, you're going to be healthier. You just do it. You do what you got to do. And if, until, you make, until prayer becomes a discipline in your life and our life, until that happens, we're going, to be, we're going to shortchange ourselves all the time because God wants to have relationship. And, you know, God is waiting. There's so much you want to do, but he, he will not allow us to do it in our flesh. He will not allow us to do it so that we can get the glory. What God is going to do and what he does, he does it in people who completely trust him and will give him all the glory. Nothing like prayer forces us to always give God the glory because you know that I talk to God. God did it. And when somebody come and tap you on your shoulder, you ain't crazy. Oh, brother, God did this. How did he do this? God did it. God saved him. God delivered him. God made a way. I, I don't know. God made a way. Let's commit to a deeper, more fuller, a more richer prayer life. Amen. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Father, I went a little longer this morning, Father, but I, I, just, I just thank you, Father, for your word. Father, I did my best to try to convey. I don't know if I did accurately. I don't know if I did it the way I should have. But Father God, wherever I lacked, will you just, by the power of the Holy Spirit, put that revelation down in somebody right now. God, give your people the revelation, Lord, and the understanding and the desire to pray. God, Satan is working overtime because you want to keep us off of our knees because he knows that prayer is our weaponry. It is a weapon against the forces of darkness. And too many of us, we got, we're loaded, Lord, we got a machine gun, we got an MP5, and we got, uh, got uh, amazing weapons on our hips, but we don't know how to operate the weaponry. We don't know what we got, Lord. But Lord, I thank you for the revelation today. God, I thank you for the revelation today. Please help us, Holy Spirit. Please help us. If you're sitting here this morning and the Holy Spirit, maybe the Holy Spirit just convicted you. Maybe perhaps your prayer life has been almost non-existent. That the only time you really talk to God is when you're in trouble. God says that he's a good God. He's merciful. But he wants more of you. You're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, I, I just, my prayer life is non-existent. I need God to give me grace and give me wisdom and give me help. I want to invite you to the altar this morning to pray. To start fresh with God. I just want to invite you to come and pray. If you're in the midst of a very hard, hard situation and you've been beating your head up against the wall, You don't know how you're going to get through it. You're wondering and you're starting to lose it just a little bit. Maybe your faith is starting to wane. Maybe you're starting to doubt God. Whatever the case might be, I want to invite you to come up this morning and I'm going to pray God to give you fresh power. I'm going to pray to God to give you fresh power and give you grace to endure. I love to worship. I was born to 
you're sitting here this morning, you just need the Holy Spirit to touch you. You need the Holy Spirit to touch you and to help you. You just want to feel his presence because perhaps you haven't felt his presence in a long time. You got knowledge, you got information. But there's a lack of intimacy. There's a lack of intimacy and you know it in your heart. If that's you this morning, come on up and I just want to pray with you. We're going to agree that God will just touch your heart this day and you'll fall in love with him afresh. Is there one? The altar is open. You are, you see, your Thank you. My provider. Lord, I just thank you. God, I just thank you, Lord God. You're my prince of peace. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I worship you, Jesus. That we can pray to you and see our change come. God, I thank you that you even hear us. God, I thank you that in spite of some of the stupid stuff that we do, we all been there, God. We all made dumb decisions, Lord. We all fall short. God, I thank you for not giving up on us. God, you know the heart of every person. You know where we are in our prayer walk and our prayer life. God, I pray that you would help your people to catch the revelation. And give them the grace, Lord, to incorporate prayer into their lives. God, I pray that there would be a fresh anointing and a fresh grace and that love, Father God, will be reborn. Intimacy will be reborn, God, for those that maybe have sensed a drifting in their spirit because their prayer life hasn't been what it should be. God, please minister love to every one of your children here today under the sound of my voice. Father, I thank you, Father God, that you're preparing us through your word. And I thank you, Lord God, for this moment where we can pray together and talk to you. I pray, God, for our church, that you would bring us to the place as a church, as a church, Lord, that we value prayer more, that perhaps more of us, Lord, will come out and pray on Wednesdays. Perhaps more of us will get serious about prayer in our private lives. And even today at the picnic, Lord, I pray that God, that we will be mindful of your presence and your power that's always available to do something marvelous and wonderful. God, we thank you so much. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, stand to your feet and give God praise as you're standing. I've got to testify, you've been good to me, you never left my side, always been there for me. Did anybody get help today at all? A little bit? You know, sometimes it, I had so much in my spirit, and sometimes it gets cluttered in there, and I don't know what comes out, how it comes out. I just pray and hope that something was said in all of that that will give you a more efficient prayer life. 
But more importantly, I just want you to walk out of here knowing that prayer cannot be an option. That prayer must be the driving force behind everything that we want God to do in our lives. Let's start there. God will help us. We'll talk more about prayer in the next couple of months. In October, I think I'll be doing uh, uh, talking about prayer in our Life Together series. Um, before we close in prayer, I just want to remind you a couple of things. Our picnic today starts at 4, so be there or be square, as they 